All right, here we go. Today's daf is daf Tess Zion, okay? Page 16 in Mesech the Yuma, and we pick up, we, we did not finish daf Tess Vav Amadez. We're up to Tanan Hosam, uh, two-thirds of the way down on Tess Vav Amadez. We stopped here because it's really the beginning of a brand new sugya. Okay, so to give a quick overview of what we are going to be um, in the big general picture of today's daf, of this sugya trying to accomplish, okay? And it's actually, there's a lot of information as far as the setup of the Beis HaMikdash. We're actually going to be taken on a beautiful and fascinating tour of the Beis HaMikdash on today's daf. We're going to go through the different parts and rooms as you walk through the Beis HaMikdash and the Harabayas, okay? Those are going to be the details of the daf. But the focus of the daf is actually going to be based around the star of the show, we'll call him, whose name is Rabbi, um, Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov. Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov is going to be the star of the show. How so? Because what we are going to uh, um, kind of sift over to for today's sugya is that when you have, we've been discussing what happens when you have a Stam Mishnah in Yuma, what happens when you have a Stam Mishnah and various Mesechtas? So this sugya is going to discuss that when you have a plain Tana in a plain Mishnah in Mesechta Midos, which discusses the measurements of the Beis HaMikdash, it's going to be Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. And this daf is going to set out to try to prove that a Stam Mishnah in Mesechas Midos is Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. In order to do that, we're going to bring in all these various details of, the, of how the Beis HaMikdash was set up. Okay? So here we go. Very interesting Mishnah. Tanan Hasam, we learned in a Mishnah in Midas. The Rashi says, assistant Kayin Gadol, says to the Kayhanim who went to get the Korban HaTomid. Okay? Now here we go. Very interesting. We're going to go through the various rooms of the Beis HaMikdash. Go get a sheep. To be brought as a tamid from the room in the Beis Hamikdash that the sheep were kept in. There was a pen where they kept the sheep, the keves, okay. And he would tell. This is how things would start out with the carbonat tamid. Go get the sheep from the tele room, says the Gemara. Wasn't the room, or we'll call it the chamber where the sheep were kept, wasn't it in the northwestern side of, ready? Of the Lishka, the bigger room, which was called the House of the Fire. Okay? Now, let's pause for a moment. Why is this important? So here we go. This, this is so cool. This is mamish amazing. At the far end of the Beis HaMikdash, there was a large hall, okay? Which, in the center of the hall, we're going to learn all about this on today's daf. So by discussing this now, it'll help it easier as we move along. In the center of the hall was a huge bonfire. And the purpose of that bonfire was for the kaihanim to go gather around whenever their feet got cold. We know they didn't wear shoes. And the stones floor, the base, I think they had a stone floor. So, whenever they needed uh, to go warm up in the locker room, so to speak, you know, they, they, when they were not doing the Avaida, 
So there was a big bonfire in the middle of this large hall, and that's where the Kahana were congregated to warm up. Now, this hall, the Gemara is going to tell us, half of it was on the part of the Harhabaya slash Beis HaMikdash, which was considered the Hechel. So it had Kedusha. And if you were Tameh when you went in that half of the room, you were, you know, was Zuchiv Kars. And the other half of that hall was considered outside the boundaries of the Hechel. And therefore you were permitted to go there Betumah. Very interesting. Now, you'd say, one second, why would you take one room and half of it they're allowed to, half they're not allowed to? What if they cross the line? Stigamara is going to tell us soon that, you know, the same way when you have a dodgeball game. Yeah? So you put a, line, you put a marker alongside, you know, where you have a, a tennis court, right? There's like a middle marker. So they would have markers along this room uh, uh, telling people where, you know, where each half of the room is. All right? Now this, again... Let's remind ourselves, this large ballroom, we'll call it, had a fire in the middle. Now, there were also four smaller rooms on each corner of this large hall. What this Brisa, well, I'm sorry, what this Mishnah in um, Midos is going to teach us is what was the purpose of each of these four rooms? What was inside of those rooms? What were they used for? Okay? So what did the Mishnah say up until this point? The assistant Kohen Gadol, Lafi Rashi, there's a discussion about who it was, but Rashi says it's the uh, assistant Kohen Gadol. When it came time for the um, Tamid, told the Kahanim, go get the sheep from the lamb room, the sheep room. Says the Gemara, wasn't the sheep room in the northeastern corner of this large room? Okay, it was one of the four corners. Which corner? The northeastern. Remember, hold on to this information. According to this Mishnah, it was the northeastern room that the sheep were kept in. Because this is going to be the problem. We're about to ask a contradiction. Ready? But in, before we get to the contradiction, we're going to explain what each of these four rooms were for. There were actually four rooms, one on each corner of this room. Okay, so far so good? Any, anybody not have clarity of the picture we're painting? Yeah, so far so good. Okay. So there, were, there was four rooms, one in each corner. Achas One room was called the Tle room, the sheep room. The one that the Kohen, right, the Sitzchan Gadol sent these people to. The Achas Lishkas Hachais The other room was the room, remember in Shkalim, there was a room set aside where people who had to bring Karbanas, they would hand in their money and get a token and then take that token to exchange. So this was like the token room, okay? This is the room where they would actually go and get, uh, and get the tokens to show that, uh, that they paid, okay? The achas lishkas hachisamis, okay, so one room was for the sheep. One room was for the tokens. The achas lishkas beis And one room had a bonfire in it. That was the fire room. Aye, what's going to be the obvious question? Why do you need a fire off to the side? Wasn't that the center? The Gemara on Ahmad Olive is going to tell us that the main fire in the center was for the regular Kahanim. And the, there was one fire in one of the rooms off to the side in case you had a Kohen who was a Tvul Yom. So he already went to the Mikvah, but we didn't want him to be around the rest of the Kahanim, but we still wanted to allow him to keep his feet warm. 
Okay? So the, these kaihanim who were Tvul Yaim would, would use a separate bonfire. Okay? That was room number three. And room number four is the Achas Lishka Sha'isim Ba'alechem Aponim. The fourth room was, the fourth corner was the room for the family that made the Lechem Haponim. Okay? There was a particular family that was instructed to, Rashi says that it was Garmai, the family of Garmai, uh, and, and they were, uh, you know, they were the ones obligated to make Lechem Haponim, and they had this set room to keep all their things in. All right? This was their, this was their side room. Okay, now, listen to this. Here's the problem. What did we just say? That the sheep room that they went to for the Karban HaTamid was in the northeastern corner. Says the Gemara. I'll ask you a contradiction. There were four rooms off to the corners of this large fire hall. And they were all like different kitanias, uh, different entranceways to a larger ballroom. Okay, so in other words, each one of these rooms had entranceways directly into the main hall. As we explained, two corners of the room were in the Kodesh side of the Harhabayis. Okay? And the other two, which were on the other side of the room, were chol. They, were, they did not have the rule of, you did not have to be kadosh when standing in those rooms. Okay, so far it makes sense, like we explained earlier. Because this large ballroom with the fire in the middle, half of it was in the kadesh side, and half of it was on the chol side. Okay, now, says this Mishnah, very interesting. V'rashi pispasim, how they know not to go, how if somebody was Tomei, how would he know not to go onto the Kodesh side of the room? Because there was markers, like we explained before, like a dodgeball game, a tennis match, yeah? Uh, you know, Lahavdil. Yeah, they made markers with beams off to the side. Don't walk past that beam. Yeah, one way. Yeah, one way. Anybody Tomei should not cross over. Okay. What were these four corners for? Listen closely. The southeastern, the southwestern corner, southwest. That is the lishka for the tlai carbon. Whoa, 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 one second. What did we just say about six lines ago from the other Mishnah? Where was the sheep room in the northwest? And this Mishnah says the sheep room is in the southwestern side of this room. Top of today's daf. The southeastern room. That was the room that the, the Garmai family hung out in. Mizrachas finest, the northeastern. Very interesting. This is the room, ready? From the story of Hanukkah. When the Hashmonaim were victorious and they came back into the Beis HaMikdash, they realized that the, the Greeks had offered Avodah Zarah on the Mizbeach, the stone Mizbeach. And they said, the Chashmanam said, it's pasnished. It's pasnished. That we should use the same Mizbeach that we used Avodah Zarah. They took apart that Mizbeach completely, but they, the stone still had Kedusha, so they put the stones into this room. Now the Mepharshim explained, this third room of the stones is the same room that people would go to get their tokens to show that they paid. Okay, they were, this room was able to accomplish both, but it, it's just another way to refer to this third room, is the room where the, older, where the stones previously 
uh, that that were ultimately used for Rabbi Dezara's service, they put this off to the side. Okay, it's fine. It's my rabbis. And on the northwest was Bayard and Levesatvila. That's where the Kahanim would go down to the base Hatfila. There was a tunnel. They'd go to the mikvah, come back up, and now they were at Tvol Yom, and that, the northwestern corner was the one with the bonfire. Okay, period. Over the Misa. What's the question? What's the Veraminu? Let's stay focused on the goal. The contradiction is, we said that in the previous Mishnah, what was the northwestern room? The sheep. And this Mishnah says the southwestern room was the sheep. Agatha Kasha, what was it? Okay. Answers the Gemara. Amar of Huna, Huna says, Man Tana Midais, and here we go. Who is the Tana in Meseches Midos? Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov. It's Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov, period. End of that answer. What did we just say? So, what the Gemara just did is say it's not a contradiction, just say basically, very basic. This is not a contradiction, it's a Machlokas Tanai. Okay? The first Mishnah that says that it was in the northwestern corner, okay? So um, uh, on uh, the first Mishnah that we learned um, in, let's see where this was. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, yeah, that was in Meseches Tamid. The Mishnah in Meseches Tamid that says it was in the northwest uh, is, is where it says northwest. And the Mishnah in Meseches Midos is Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov who held it was in the southwest, period. And therefore, there's no contradiction. All right? Now, from here on forth, we're up to the word detenan. From here on forth, until we finish the daf, our focus is just going to be completely, how can we prove, we want to prove that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov actually is the Tana throughout Meseches Midos. Okay? So the rest of this blot is really a Meseches Midos blot. Alright? So, with that in mind, let's learn some Meseches Midas and try to show how we know that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov is the regular Tanakama. Uh, if, if you have a plain Mishnah, that it's, it should be given to Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. And uh, there's going to be a lot of information about the Beis HaMikdash and the Harabayas as we go through this. But keep in mind the goal. Again, what is the ultimate idea that we're going to do is we will end up proving that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov is the plain Tana of Midas. Beautiful. So here we go. The Tanan. We learned in the Mishnah in Mesechus Midas. Ezas Nashim Ayerich Meir Shloshim Mechamish Arayich Meir Shloshim Mechamish. Ezas Nashim in the Beis Hamikdash. Now the Ezas Nashim is not always the Ezras Nashim. Ezas Nashim literally means the woman's chamber or the woman's courtyard. Okay, Her, their Azara. The Ezras Nashim primarily during the year was filled with men. All right. It's kind of like when you go to the Mir Yeshiva. Or Lakewood Yeshiva, there's uh, what what Chaburian? The Ezras Nashim Chabura. What? In the Ezras Chabura, it doesn't sound good, right? No, I mean the Chabura that sits in the Ezras Nashim of this base marriage. Okay? The reason why it was called the Ezras Nashim is because on, um, by the Simchas Beis Hashueva, that's where the women would be, the, the, you know, that was their particular location. So the Ezras Nashim was a level of the Beis Hamikdash on the Harabayas called as Ashtashim, but it wasn't always filled with women. Now, I want to add one more thing. Not, uh, it, it's not needed for right now, but we're going to need this as you move along the daf. And I'm just going to give a short, uh, a short um, clarification of 
how the Beis Hamikdash was structured and the Harabayas. So we know the, the we're familiar with the Kotel, right? The Kaisel Hamaravi, the Western Wall. People think that the Western Wall is the Western Wall of the Beis Hamikdash. It's not true, right? It was not a wall of the Beis Hamikdash. The Western Wall was the Western Wall around the Harabayas. Okay? So it's around the Temple Mount, as they say. So the way that the Harabayas worked is they had walls, okay? And the walls could be constructed really however large they wanted. And then there was an area that people would go to. And instead of it being like, very often we picture the Harabayas and the Beis HaMikdash to be like one big slope. That's not how it worked. Actually, it was, there was a flat area of the Harabayas and then they would go up. There were steps going up to the next level and then a completely flat area and then steps going up and a flat area, so on and so forth, okay? Each area of the Harabayas slash Beis HaMikdash was leveled on its, on its own level, it was flat. People didn't walk up slopes as they went up the Harabayas. You went like, you went sideways and then up steps, okay? And there's different amount of steps to get to different, uh, different levels, okay? So uh, just keep that in mind as we, uh, as we move along, all right? So here we go. I'm going to start this mission again. What are we trying to prove? Or Blaz Yaakov is the plain Tana of Midas. That's not. We learned in the Mishnah. As the Shashim Ayarech, Mea Ushlashim Bechamish. As the Shashim was 135 Amos Ayarech in length. Bechamish, Ushlashim Bechamish, and 35 Amos Al Rochav. And it's Al Rochav, Mea Ushlashim Bechamish. So it was, it had a width of 100, so it was 135 Amos long and 135 Amos wide. Ah, if it was the same, why is one called the length and one called the width? Because it has to do with the direction that they would come on to the Harabayas, okay? When they would come on to Harabayas, they would come in from, uh, they'd go to the east, and anything that's running, it was just a matter of the directions. Like, you know, one direction was called the length, and that's talking about east to west, because that's how people would come on, and, the nor and anything north uh, to south would be called the width, even though this is really a square area. Okay. The Arba Lishkai Sayyabarba there were four rooms. In the four corners, Mayim Shamshis, and what they do there. Drymus Mizrachis on the southeast. He Haisalishkash on Nazirim. That is where the Nazirim would go. Okay, listen to this. Beautiful. We know the Nazirim would bring Karbanis. Um, what would they do in the southeastern room of this initial room when he came on to Um uh, I'm sorry, this initial room in the Ezra Snashim. We're in the Ezra Snashim now, okay? Keep that in mind. This is different than our previous Rishnais. This is so interesting. And that is, in the southeastern corner, there was a room that anybody was a Nazir and had to come bring Karbanos. So they would bring a Karban. And as part of the process, they would then shave, take a haircut in the Beis HaMikdash. And they would take the hair of their head and their beard that they shaved and add the hair to the fire that was used to burn parts of their carbonos. Okay? So the Nazir walked away from the Harabayas clean. It's not like, oh, you brought your carbon, now you could shave and get a haircut later. Right? They actually did it Peshas Maisa. They did it right then and there. Okay. Mizrach is finest. What was the northeastern corner of the Ezra Snashim? 
That's where they kept the firewood. Now listen to this. This is so beautiful. Who worked in that room? If you had a Kohen who had a mum, he had a limp, something wrong with his body, that disqualified him from kahuna. That means he shouldn't be part of the enterprise of the Beis HaMikdash? No, every Kayan. So what did the Kahanim, who couldn't actively be in the front end of things, do? They worked on the back end. And they prepared the wood. And made sure there were no worms in the wood. Because that's not considered a chilek of the avoda. And these, any Kohen who had a, a mum to perform it publicly, they were busy with all these things. They didn't just sit home and have nothing to do. They were also able to take part in the goings-on of Klai Yisrael. Your mama see a beautiful message here. See a beautiful message. That you have people who have various issues. Don't forget about them. You have to be smart enough, you know, and be a pikeach enough to find a way that people can feel useful. And not only feel useful, but are useful. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu put everybody into this world for a reason and a tachlis and a purpose. And, and, and we shouldn't say, oh, that person's already too... Too schwach, too weak, too dumb, too this. No such thing. Because Baruch did. We should look for ways to allow people to to, to make them, you know, to uh, add to Akadosh Baruch Hu's beautiful world. Shakol because any wood that had worms, was not allowed to be used on the mizbeach. So this was a very very important job. All right. Now, Sfainis Maravis in the northeastern corner of the room of the Ezra's Nashim. This was the room for the Mitzayrah. Okay, now this is a very interesting, without getting into the entire process of Mitzayrah, but the way that a Mitzayrah finished his process of Tara is that he had blood from his carbon uh, uh, touch his ear and his thumb. And that's really a toe, or is it right? So that's really what finished the process. Now in order for, the, the, he himself, until he's completely tar wasn't allowed to actually go on to the places that were Kadosh yet, because he still had a sickle status with Mitzrayim. So he would lean the parts of his body into the area of, uh, that, that was Kodesh, and that's how they would put the blood on. So the Mitzrayim, who were waiting for this process, they were in the northwestern room. Uh, Myravish Dreymus and the southwestern room. So here we go. Here's, again, remind ourselves, here's the purpose of why we're quoting all these halachas. Omar Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov says, I'm not sure. Now one second. Before we say, doesn't that mean that Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov was the one talking the whole time? We said all three rooms, what they did. There's a plain Mishnah in Midas. All three rooms. And then it says, oh, and then Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov said, I'm not sure about the fourth. It must be that he's a Stam Mishnah. Now let's keep going. Finish the Mishnah. Abishol Laimer, Abishol told Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Poha, you know, I used to the Yaim Hashem, and they used to keep the wine and the oil. Vyoyz Nikkers, this is Shamnaya, it was called the oil. Okay, so he reminded him. But again, what's the point of mentioning this? Says the Gemara, I have a right, I have a proof that any plain Mishnah in Midais always should be considered Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Period. So we have one proof so far that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov is a plain time. Done. End of that discussion. Okay, very nice. Interestingly, instead of moving on, after we proved our point, the Gemara is going to try to continue to prove other examples of Mishnayis and Midos. Again, like we said, today is going to be a Midos 
uh, da. Yep. So we're going to try to prove from other Mishnayas and Midas that Rebbe Loz ben Yaakov is the Stamtana. So here we go. Hachanami Mistabra. It's also logical to say this, the Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov, that the plain Mishnah, it means Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov, the time we learned in the Mishnah. Every wall of the Beis HaMikdash was very, very tall, was very high. Except for the eastern wall of the Harabayas. Let's read this, and then we'll talk outside. The Kayan would stand on the Haramishka, the anointed mountain. And he would look at, into the Hechel at the time of the sprinkling of the blood. Okay. Let's pause. Let's pause. What did we just learn? It's this so Gishmak. This is Mamish. This is Gishmak. This is going to take us to the bottom of the Omen. All right, so here we go. We learned. When discussing the halachos of the paraduma, so we learned that where was the paraduma avoda done? It was done on harazesim. And remember, we said that every kohen gadol would build a new one to bring his paraduma. They would build a bridge, right? They would like this long ramp from the Harabayas to Harazesim across that valley. Anybody who's been zeichet to be on Harazesim knows Harazesim overlooks the Harabayas. This is very important information. What are you showing me, Rebbe? I can't, I can't see the picture. What, what are we seeing over there? It's the Markham where they shafted the, the Paraduma. Oh, beautiful. Okay. I can see it uh, Not so much. I, I kind of see myself in your screen. <laughs> okay. So, is that better? Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so that's the place where they shot the Baraduma, and that was high up on Harazesim. Anybody, anybody who's been on Harazesim knows Harazesim, and this is very important demographically. I hope that's the right word. Somebody will change it for me. Geographically, I'm wrong with it. But basically, Harazesim had a higher advantage than the Harabais. So when you're on top of Harazesim, you could look down to the Harabais and see across into the Harabais. Now, here was the rule. Here's the rule. When shechting the Paraduma, the Kohen who took care of the Paraduma would take the blood and sprinkle it towards the Beis HaMikdash. And while he was doing that, he had to see into the Heichel. He had to see into the Heichel. From Harazesim into the Heichel. What this mission is going to focus on is just practically... How did the walls... Now, Harazesim is on the eastern side of Harabayas. How did the walls of the Harabayas not block the Kohen's view? Because the Kohen, in order for the Paraduma to be valid, again, had to see directly the floor of the Heichel. You understand? So we have to make sure that the eastern wall doesn't get in his way. And that's what this discussion is going to be about which ultimately, again, is going to get back to our main point of Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. Okay? We'll see how. But that's what we're going to try to accomplish. Mathematically, how can we create a picture where the Kohen, where you have an eastern wall around Harbaiz, we know that, and the Kohen can still see directly into the Echos. Here we go. Utunan. We learned in a Mishnah. Kolab Sachim Shahayusham. 
all of the open entrances in the walls of the Harabayas. Okay, so the walls themselves had openings. Goyvan Esrim Ama. The openings, ready? The, the walls can be very tall. Very tall. However tall you want. It's brought down, they were 40 Amas, okay. But they were allowed to be as high as you want. The openings, Goyvan Esrim Ama Brechvan Esrim. The openings of the wall were 20 Amos high and 10 Amos wide. Now pause for a minute. Now let's just think. What's trying to, what's trying to happen here? The Kohen out on Harazesim is shechting the Pora Aduma. He's going to sprinkle the blood and he's going to have to see because the walls were so tall. If the openings were up to 20 Amos, we're going to have to somehow figure out how he was able to get eyesight under somewhere in that 20 ama gap. If we can figure out that from his location, he can see somehow into the Heichel. Now again, what did we say at the beginning of today? The Beis Hamikdash worked in levels. So the Heichel was on a higher level. We're going to learn this right now. This is what this whole mission is going to be about. So good shmat. It's amazing. Okay? But, but how are we going to get to what we need? By figuring out what's the goal? How the Kohen Gol of Maharazesim was ultimately able to see into the Echel. Why? So here's how the, the Harabayas was set up. Let's take a tour. Here we go. Tanan. We learned in the Mishnah. Lefnim mimenu soirek. Inside of the outer walls of the Harabayas, so we'll call it like the Kaisal Maravi, right? And working all the way around, was an area called the Sorek. The Sorek is a flat area, uh, you know, beginning of the Harabayas that ends with a fence. Okay. Utinana, we learned in the Mishnah, inside of the Syrik was something called a Chel, which was 20, uh, uh, how many? Eser Amos. Okay? It was 10 Amos wide. Additional 10 Amos across. And then there were 12 steps. Now, this is all going to be math. So here we go. There were 12 steps, and those steps covered the 10 Amos. Rum Mala, each step went up a half ama and in a half ama. Up and in. Up half, in half. Up half, in half. Okay. Very good. Now, let's think about this. If you have 12 steps, up, out, uh, up, we'll call instead of up and in, we'll call it up and out. Up, out, up, out, up, out. Okay. So, how many amos high are we? So, we're six amos. We're six amos high. So there's 15 steps that went from inside of the next level. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. There were 15 steps that went up from the uh, from the Ezra's Nashim. That went also up and down between the Ezra's Yisrael and Ezra's Nashim. And again, each step was a half a ama up and half a ama out. Utnan. And how many steps is that? 15. So you have a half, a, you're cutting 15 and a half. That means I have another seven and a half amas up. So, so far I have six amas going up, plus seven and a half amas up to the next level. So, so far we're at 13 and a half amos in height, okay, that the next level is starting on. Utnan. And we learned, And there are 12 milas there. So you had another 12 steps, which is going to add another six amas. So now we have 13 and a half amas, plus another six amas going up. 
So how, how high was the floor of the Heichel? 19 and a half amas tall above, from the, hara, above the bottom of the Harabais. Okay? So we're 19 and a half amas high. Now keep in mind, the opening of the outermost wall was how tall? 20 amos. And the Kohen who's across the, on the Harazesim has to somehow see into the floor of the Heichel, which is 19 and a half amos up, if the opening ends at 20 amos, you're going to have a half a amos space where you could possibly, where you could possibly see inside. Okay. Now let's keep going. Utanan, but we learned in a Mishnah. Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov says, "Myla Hisasham." There was one more step. The Gavaya Ama, which was an Ama high, the Duchen Nostolad was a platform. And there were three steps, each one going up a half a amma. So now you're going from 19 and a half to 20 and a half because you have a half, 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 which is an additional one, right? Up, out, up. So it's an it's additional one amma. You're moving from 19 and a half amas to 20 and a half amas. So now the Gemara says we have a problem. Why? What's going to be the problem? We all figured this out already. The Kayan by the Paraduma is out on Harazesim. In order for the Stam Mishnah to fit that he can see into the Hechel, which was the Halacha according to the Mishnah, that then the Hechel can only be 19 and a half Amos. This way you have a half a Amo. I'm just The Gemara is about to speak this out. So we're just saying this outside. But according to Blaz ben Yaakov, the root floor of the Hechel is 20 and a half Amos, and the Kayan is going to completely miss sight of the Hechel. So he can't be that Tana. So let's go. Let's read this inside. I'm sorry, just the opposite. If you say that it's that the Stam Mishra Blaz Ben Yaakov, Hainu Dikasi La Pischa. Okay? This is why, yeah, now you can have a problem because now he can't see, uh, he can't see in because it's too high. Okay? Um, but if you're going to say the Stam Mishra is the Rabbonon, Haika Palga Da Amsa De Mechsi Le Pischa Begavei. You have an extra ama that could be seen by the Kayan, and therefore you have no additional problem. We'll explain what this is, and there's additional thing being mentioned here. It must be that, that our Mishnah is Yaakov. Okay, so there's one more point that's going to clarify all this. So far we said that according to, uh, uh, that uh, the height should have been 19 and a half amas. Rebbe Yaakov says it's 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Now, if it's 20 and a half Amas, you cannot see in. So here's the catch. According to Belaz ben Yaakov, he says that there was, therefore, you had to make sure the eastern wall was lower than the rest. If you hold the whole thing was 19 and a half Amas, there's no need for the eastern wall to be any different than every other wall. You'll still have a half Amas of sight. But the Stam Mishnah, which says that the eastern wall had to be shorter for the Kayan to be able to see in, it's got to be Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. Otherwise, there's no need for it to be any shorter. Shmat. So we have another Raya that a Stam Mishnah is Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. Answers the Gemara of Adabarav. Omar of Adabarav says, no. Ha, money. Who could be the Tana of our Mishnah or beauty? Really, it's not Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. The Tana of the Mishnah, who says that the eastern side was smaller, is really Rebbe Yehuda. Why? Okay, the time we learned in a uh, Bryce, Rebuda says, 
there was a Mizbeach that stood right smack dab in middle of the Azara, right in the middle of the courtyard, okay? There was a Mizbeach that was sat right in the middle. Ushleishim, Ushtayim, Amaz, Hayulay. And the Mizbeach was 32 Amos wide. We now turn to the top of Amad Beis. Esther Amos, Kenegad Pisrei Shal Hechel. It was 10 Amos opposite the entrance of the Hechel. Achad Esrei Amos L'Tzafan, Vachad Esrei Amos L'Dar. 11 of it was towards the north side, and 11 Amos of it was towards the south side. Nimtzim is Beach Mechuvan, Kenegad Hechel, Vikai Shalom. It comes out, the Mizbeach was Mamish placed opposite the, the Hechel and the Kasalav and the walls of the Hechel. Okay? So, in other words, the Mizbeach um, did not allow somebody from one side to see into the, the, to see into the Heichel because the Mizbeach was uh, going to be blocked from you, uh, was going to be blocked from view, okay? And therefore, in order to say that it was viewable, you have to say that the eastern wall was shorter. And therefore, all the Gemara is pointing out is, it's not necessarily Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov who holds we have a shorter wall. It can even be Rebbe Yehuda. And since it's not necessarily Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, that's all we need. Because our goal is to prove it's Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. No, there's other Tanayim who could be of similar opinion who say that the, the wall was lower. And the, and the Astam Tana doesn't have to necessarily be Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. To which the Gemara says wrong. It needs to be Rebbe Yaakov. It can't be Rebbe Yehuda, because I'll tell you why. If he saw Gedaitach, Midas Rebbe Yehuda, because he's going to tell me a plain Tana of our Mishas Rebbe Yehuda, Mizbeach pe'emtza azara mi meshkachasla. According to Rebbe Yehuda, it's not possible to have a Mizbeach right smack dab in middle of the Hechel blocking, uh, in middle of the Azara blocking the Hechel. Because we learned in the Mishnah, kol ha'azara, haisa eirich meya ushmeinim b'shafa. The entire Azara, the entire courtyard was 100 and 87 amos long, and 135 amos wide, right? Same length that we found by the Ezra, same width that we found by the Ezra's Noshim. Again, east to west is the length, north to south is the width. From east to west was 187 amos. And how did people walk across this? Where Klai Yisrael walked, was 11 amos. Makom drisas raglia kahanim achas esriyam. And the place where the kahanim walked was also took up uh, 11 amos. Okay, they were allowed to walk in this area. Mizbeach shloishim ushtayim. The mizbeach took up 32 amos. Between ulam and the mizbeach is also 22 amos. Vahechol mea ama. And the echol itself was 100 amos long. Vahachal esriyam achari besak. Afiris with an additional 11 Amos that was behind the curtain, which basically is what 11 Amos was behind the curtain that nobody was, where, what, what the curtain separate, the regular Kaidash, the regular Hechel, from the Kaidash HaKadoshim. Now, that was all going along the length. Now, the, the north to south, the width, we said was 135 Amos wide. What took up that space? So, the keves, the ramp up to, and the mezbeach itself, took up 62 amas. Yeah, you hit this. This was a workout for the kahana. Yeah, there, it was 62 amas. This was a, a nice, uh, uh, this was a, a, a nice length. Okay? Mina keves of the time. Mina mezbeach velatabais. Then from the mezbeach until the areas where they would hang the animals in order to skin them. 
Shmaina, but where they were where they were shechted and and we'll say processed was Shmaina Amos. That was another eight Amos. So we have sixty two plus eight. That is seventy Amos of space. Arba. Uh, the space taken up by the rings is 24, so up to 94. Then there was four amas between the rings of Shechita, from, you know, where they would process it, and the, the cleaning tables. Then they, in a, next to the tables, they also had these pillars that they would place the, the limbs on. And from these pillars that they'd put the limbs on front to the wall was another eight amas. Vahamaisar and the rest of the space that you know was to be used for for whatever else needed to be done. Any extra space is like the shoulder, you know, the shoulder in case there's any uh, extra traffic that need to go by, or to slip something up the mizbeach. You need a little bit of of gap space. Okay, fine. That is how the heichal. The Azara, the Mizbeach, that's how, that's how it was all constructed. Why are we mentioning this? Because in addition, and to know what the Heichal looks like, tomorrow or tonight, we'll have a base on Mikdash and we'll know exactly what's what. In addition to that, if you're going to teach me that the Mishnah, that Astam Mishnah in Midas, is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda and not Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. One second, the same thing we said before. Mizbeach be'emtza azara mi mishkachas lo. Do you find the Mizbeach right smack dab in the azara? It's not possible. You know why? Because what does he say? Haruba de Mizbeach bedarim koy. We said in the Mishnah, most of the Mizbeach stood on the southern side. And Memela, if it's on the su- if most of it's on the southern side, then it's not right smack dab in the middle. And Rabbi Yehuda is the one who's going through all this cheshben because the Mizbeach was right smack dab in the middle. So if he says the Mizbeach was right smack dab in the middle, and Astam Mishnah in Midas says most of it was on the south side, it must be he's not a plain Mishnah in Midos. It must be Rabbi Yehuda's not a plain Mishnah, and we're back to it being Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, period. Answers the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf, Elolav Shmamino, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Ishmamino. It's Taka Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. So just to give a quick recap. On this last Amr. Besides for all the information and the build-up of the Beis HaMikdash and the Kayan by the uh, taking care of the Paraduma, we said that Astam Mishnah is Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. The Gemara says in Midas. Says the Gemara, how do you know? How do you know Astam Mishnah Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov? So Zok the Gemara, I'll give you two proofs. Proof number one was from um Proof number one was from the Mishnah ah, that says, um, sorry, yeah, proof number one, yeah, was from the Mishnah that says what each corner of the room was used for, right, each corner of the, uh, of the fire room, what each of it was used for, and then for the fourth room, Rebbe Lutzminakwa says, oh, this one I don't know, and, uh, and Abishol helped him out. And he says, yeah, well, th- that one was for the wine and the oil. So if, if he's still talking, so proof number one is that he's the one doing me this. And then the Gemara says, I'll bring you another proof from the story of, from the halacha of the Kayin uh, taking care of the para aduma, to which the Gemara responds to that, maybe that is Rabbi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda also, from the eastern wall being shorter, he would also need the eastern wall to be shorter. Maybe it's talking the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, 
And for the Gemara, okay, maybe that is, but we find elsewhere that it's not Shaykh. It's simply not possible for Rabbi Yehuda to be the Tana of a Stam Mishnah in Midais. Why not? Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, he says the Mizbeach was right smack dab in middle of the Azara while the Stam Mishnah in, while the Stam Mishnah in Midais is, um, uh, says the Mizbeach was on the southern side. And therefore, he cannot be a Tana in Midas. Answers the Gemara. Final step. Taka. Shmamina. It must be. It's not Rabbi Yehuda. And that Mishnah is Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Okay? And we will hold it here for today. Bez Hashem. We will pick up from the second line on Daf Yud Zayin. Amar Aleph. At 6.30 tomorrow evening. Uh, Gitanacht.